anywhere. I mean, I'm, I'm saying thank you because this ends our um, portion of this event. And um, Lucy Edmonds will be our, our host for this next hour. If you have at any time been a part of the ACB, I mean, the Brown Revival League of New York, they each year put on a Lewis Braille birthday celebration. And if you've never been to one, they are just fun. They're entertaining. They're educational. So I want you to sit back. I want you to close your eyes. Because we are going to teleport you virtually to New York. And I'd like to introduce the president of the Borough Revival League of New York, Audrey Shady. Audrey, it's all yours. Denise, thank you so much. I am smiling ear to ear. I am <laughs> so, so, so delighted. Uh, this has been such a, a lovely introduction from you, and I thank you. And this has been such a lovely day. And it's like we are in our own universe today. And everybody should just carry this with us this whole this whole day. And, uh, you know, we are so inspired by so many ideas today. And I was already chatting with uh, a couple of people about some things that, that I heard during the day. I said, oh, yeah, we could try this. So without further ado, let's we will get started. And another thank you, a big shout out again to everybody. And I want to give a special shout out to Larry Johnson, because Larry was the one who brought this to me last June and said, what do you think about this going national? And we talked and we got our events committee going in there. And, you know, I, I wasn't sure in the beginning. And, and I am so, so, so thankful, Larry, that you saw this baby growing up and expanding. And um, so thanks, Larry. Uh, we're, we're so delighted to be a part of all of this. We have um, five of us from the events committee and we'll introduce ourselves and we have five guests. But before we do that, I have one piece of trivia. So Lucy, if hi Lucy, if you can see if we have a hand raised because probably this has been answered multiple times already, but let's do it anyway. I would like to know who can tell us what year Louis Braille did event Braille and how old was he? So just one hand, please. All right, Teresa, go ahead. Okay, I, can you hear me? Yeah. Yes. Okay, okay. I'm going to take a step, but I'm going to say it was invented in 1824, and Louis Braille was only 15 years old. You got it. <laughs> you got it, <laughs> Teresa. Yes. And most people probably knew that. I didn't know it until this week when I was looking up some information. And someone else in BRL didn't know it either. So I said, ah, this is a good trivia. So thank you. I'm glad you, you got that, Teresa. So you're uh, welcome. Let, thank you. So let's uh, introduce our panelists. Um, uh, let's start with uh, uh, Lori. Want to say hi? Currently Hi, I'm Lori Scharf, and I am the secretary for Braille Revival League of New York. Thanks, Lori. Chanel? Hello, I'm Chanel Matos, and I am a director for BRLNY. Thank you, Chanel. And Myrna? I'm Myrna Voda, and 
I'm not a director, not an officer. I'm just a member and a member of this committee. <laughs> Thanks, Myrna. And Fitz, a new member for us. How you doing? I'm Fitz Martin. I am a member of the RLNY. Thank you. All right. Now we're going to get started with our guests. And Lori, we'll turn, I'll turn this over to you, please. Sure. So we thought that it might be fun to have a small presentation from one of the um, agencies in New York. Um, our Braille Revival League worked closely with the New York State Commission for the Blind um, to further the knowledge base of vision rehabilitation therapists who teach Braille to people who are not in the school system. Um, and are adults, similar things like that. And sometimes they do work with children. Um, so we are honored to have Kathleen McGuire, Senior Director of Rehabilitation and Outreach Services from Vision Services for the Blind in New York. And Kathleen, feel free to tell us a little bit about how long you've been a vision rehabilitation therapist and share anything about yourself and then speak about the activities that you've done with the New York State Commission for the Blind and to educate VRTs. Thank you. Thank you, Lori. Thank you, Audrey, for asking me. I'm very honored. Um, I've been on for a while and I had no idea what this was going to be about. And I, I, it's fantastic. It's so exciting. And that's um, how I feel about Braille. Um, I've been a CVRT uh, for 22 years, at least, maybe longer. <laughs> but I've worked in the field of blindness for over 30 years. I am legally blind. Um, my parents are, are blind and all of my siblings. So my parents were Braille users. Um, my siblings and I were print users. It wasn't encouraged. And in retrospect, all these years later, we probably all should have learned Braille, um, at least to some capacity. So I think that's kind of what's pushed this forward for me. Um, and as I've recently become senior director, so it's given me a lot of opportunity to encourage staff, mentor them, and the ones that I supervise to be more enthusiastic about teaching Braille and be more comfortable teaching Braille. So I started with my own training. We developed a very uh, comprehensive training for our staff uh, to be more comfortable teaching Braille. And I saw a huge increase in the people that they were working with, both vocational and older adults. So they were teaching Braille, maybe not every, you know, contracted Braille, but everybody was learning a little bit of Braille. Um, as part of that, I think the first thing that I wanted to do when I got to be senior director was I wanted to have a celebration for Louis Braille. So last year, Visions had their first Louis Braille birthday event. Um, we actually did it on his birthday this year. I, we were going to do it next week because with the holidays, I just didn't think we were going to be ready. And it was a huge, packed, uh, a wonderful event. And I'm hoping that we have the same turnout next week and we don't have snow after not having snow for so long. Um, and we also did one for the kids, which... The kids was, they, they really, we did a craft. They made their names in Braille. We had a birthday cake. They sang happy birthday. Um, and it really got people interested in Braille. The parents, 
the children. Um, we're offering a lot of workshops at Visions throughout the year during our summer programs. So I'm really pushing that in everything that we're doing that we're incorporating Braille. And I guess it, it, as a coincidence, New York State got a new associate commissioner for the Commission for the Blind. And in January of 2022, they formed the New York State Braille Advisory Group, which consists of the voc rehab counselors, the private agencies, anyone that wanted to go, the stakeholders, and anyone that was interested in Braille and seeing more and more people have the opportunity to learn Braille and use Braille. And I think we it'll be two years now, and we've really mm-hmm. done a tremendous amount of work. Um, we did a training, a statewide training for all the vote counselors um, about Braille and introducing it from the first time that you meet someone and how to introduce it and talk about it. We also did an in-person training with them in every um, in every office throughout New York State. We presented at the New York State AER conference so that we could get the word out about the Braille and about work about how much um, you know the the counselors were were promoting it and to get it out there to the participants. Um, and we also just finished um, new, the the Commission for the Blind offered a statewide training for all the VRTs in New York, and it was a six hour training to again increase their knowledge and comfort with teaching Braille to introduce the new uh, Braille e-reader from the library. And we're going to have access and support throughout the year um, because New York State just released, I guess, a training component, a standalone training component for Braille, which is just, it's, it's, it's so comprehensive and so wonderful. It's separate from the VRT. It's its own training. Um, it offers the VRT a lot of opportunity to to teach um, and to offer uh, to give equipment. And I just it's it's really outstanding how far we've come this year and over the last two years. So um, in I, I'm very excited about the possibilities, and I'm hoping I've already seen uh, some emails where people are already getting. Uh, you know, going to have assessments for Braille. So I hope that over the next year, as we start to see um, how many people are benefiting from it and see more and more people learn Braille and use Braille. And I think the more opportunities we have and the more we talk about it, also empowering families that didn't know that they had a right to ask for Braille. Oh, my child is a print user. Well, you can still have Braille. And as a mother of a child who's legally blind, who decided on her own th- this year that she wanted to learn Braille, um, I think that's all from all of this for the last couple of years that we've been talking about. So I'm I'm very excited, and I really it's an honor for me to be here. Thank you, Kathleen, and and it really is a great example of how. Braille Revival League of New York worked in collaboration with other stakeholders within the state. Uh, New York is unique in the fact that we have several agencies who hold contracts for different types of services. And now that Braille is a standalone contract, um, you know, that that is a bit different than 
the way a lot of states do things. Um, so it uh, it will be great, and we hope um, that it will increase the Braille comfort level and the literacy level of people who are blind or low vision throughout the state. Audrey? Thank you, Lori. Thank you, Kathleen. This is very, very exciting and um, looking forward to this. I, <clears throat> I'm going to be using the contract and I have to start reading it. So Kathleen, I'll be calling you. <laughs> okay. Um, now we are going to introduce Beth and Scott Bierko. And they've been on before, and they are back by popular demand because everybody and Denise and so many people have said, are Beth and Scott going to come? Are they going to sing their song? So we want them to catch up with us. And gosh, the first time I met Beth was when we were singing together at in a choir for um, a threshold choir for people in hospice. And then we got to know each other and got to know about yoga and all these nannies at their house, which is if I'm dating myself, but it's folk folk singing, you know, all the, the guitars and wonderful stuff, singing everything, rock and folk. And they're very, very versatile and work with kids and work with adults. And before I keep saying any more, I'd like to turn it over to both of you and to tell us what you've been doing this year. And then when you're finished, Cecily has a song ready to play. So stay tuned. Oh, Audrey, thank you so much for that beautiful introduction. Uh, and it's uh, an honor to be here and to uh, to be uh, learning from all of you and uh, to be part of this. So we have had the good fortune of, of working with uh, children and families and teachers for over 30 years doing arts and education work. And as Audrey mentioned, music is our, our love and our passion and our primary modality. Um, but... Uh, we uh, we had a really nice opportunity last year. Uh, we had established a relationship with the New York Institute for Special Education, uh, and we had done some songwriting um, with students there, um, many of whom are either um, you know sight impaired or or legally blind. And then they invited us back, and we started to do a, a mindfulness in motion program where we were able to um, move with the kids and allow them to have you know, um, a wonderful chance for, for self-expression, um, for group dance, for individual dance, um, and to be um, moving to world rhythms um, based on the nationalities of where the kids have been. And um, so you know, our, our, our introduction to Braille was really when we were um, asked to present a, um, uh, a program about um, disabilities and um, to get school students more open to meeting people who might be differently abled. And um, so we had learned about a, a word called a diversibility um, because that's really more accurate, right? That we all have diverse abilities. And, and Audrey was kind enough to, um, you know, share with us and create some pieces in Braille. So even the, the sighted children, you know, that we were working with, could um, get a sense of what this is. And it was wonderful to see how they were like, wait, I know this, it's, at, it, it's, it's when my mom goes to the ATM, it's there, or I've noticed this at the elevator. So um, I love that, you know, we've all um, been exposed to Braille. And uh, I, I love what you're doing. Audrey and I were talking the other day about, um, you know, for me, it's, it's I just think that, 
Um, there's something to the tactile experience. I think also to be able to go at your own pace, to go back, to reread. It's it's like for me on my Kindle, it's just not the same as having, or an audio book, it's just not the same as as having that that tactile sensation of a book in the hand. So I really love and respect what, what you all are, are doing and the advocacy that you are, are sharing. And I guess I've talked and we forgot that I have a partner here. So I'll let Scott. Yeah, start. hi, Scott. <laughs> Thanks, Scott. <laughs> I agree and everybody well. I've learned to be very patient uh, while my wife, wife spools out all the good stuff. And, and maybe at the end, there's a little something left for me to say. And I feel as if we've gone here on a little archaeological dig of our relationship with Audrey, which has been wonderful and long and I hope goes on for many years. Um, you know, the song about Lewis Braille uh, that you're going to hear in just a few minutes, if you haven't heard it already, uh, is so special to us because we wrote it in 2014 with about 30 uh, children uh, who were reading a book about Lewis Braille. Uh, the school in uh, Freeport, New York, called Archer Street, um, had a unit where all of the different classrooms were studying a hero. Uh, somebody famous who they wanted their kids to be inspired by. And uh, Mrs. Cacciapoli's class and Ms. Bosma's class. Which is special ed, third and fourth grade. Right. Picked Lewis Braille and read a book about him. And when we walked into the classroom and said, hey, we're going to be here for about four different sessions. Who would you like to write a song about? All the kids immediately said, let's write a song about Lewis Braille. Um, and so they told us all about him and we wrote all of their findings and memories on, on the blackboard. Back then there were blackboards. And, <laughs> uh, and then we wrote this song with them. And we're so very proud uh, of it still to this day and love to play it whenever we can and have people hear about it. And we just found the recording of those kids singing it themselves with us. Uh, so you're going to get to hear that. So this is from 2014. So those kids are probably in their 20s now. Wow. <laughs> well, this this is wonderful, and I, we love it. And, and thank you both uh, for, for being here today. And before we play this song, before Cecily plays this song, Lori has something to read uh, for you. Sure. So Braille Revival League of New York recognizes Brooke Bierko Productions for their production of Braille education through development of songs reflecting the history and concepts of Braille, January 4th, 2024. Thank you, Lori. We so will we send will... that to you. Oh, go ahead, oh, Audrey. I'm sorry. sorry. Lori, go. <laughs> go, Lori. And we'll be sending that to you in a print Braille certificate. Wonderful. Oh, we'll thank treasure you so it. much. Thank you. Thank you, everyone. Okay, now, we're, now the song is coming up. This is Miss Catchpole and Miss Carabato's class singing Lewis Braille, an inspiration to all. Lewis was born in 1809 in a place called Ouvray, France. He lost his sight when he was three. He thought he lost the chance. 
Thank you. Thank you, Cecily, for uh, playing that for us. Thank you, Beth and Scott, for sharing with us uh, again and for sharing the song with us. Now, Fitz Martin is ready to introduce our next guests. Yes. Good afternoon to the whole community. Um, my name is Fitz Martin. I am a audio engineer. I've been an audio engineer for Willpower Entertainment. That is my company. I am the CEO of Willpower Entertainment. We do from artist development to publishing all across the board. We don't make the ball drop, as you would say. Whatever the artist may need, we provide that. So I say that to say most artists, we start off with the passion for music. Then it comes a time when we want to make some money from it, when we have to turn it into a skill. And this is where we're going to have to go to school to turn that passion into a profession. Um, there's a music school in New York. I've been affiliated with them for quite some time. Um, I've taken um, piano lessons, learning how to read and write music there. And it's right here in New York City. And they have some of the greatest people I've ever dealt with as far as being able to accommodate me, you know, knowing that I have a vision problem. Um, I'd love to introduce y'all to Dr. Dahlia M. Sackis, Director of Music Studies, and Richard Tai, Program Director at the FMD Music School, which is the Philo Philomen M. D'Agostino Greenberg Music School. Go ahead. Y'all got it. The floor is y'all. <laughs> Thank you, Fitz Martin. Thank you, Fitz, um, for that wonderful introduction. And you get a prize for being able to say our name. That always is the biggest <laughs> challenge. We've gotten yes. many comments. Um, and I, had, we are I had to practice. <laughs> <laughs> we all had to practice. But Philemon yes. M. D'Agostino Greenberg has long been... Um, a savior, a guardian angel of our school. And um, we just felt it, we had to name the school after her. Her foundation continues to support us in a big way. And so we practice saying her name. We've shortened it to FMDG Music School. And we also affectionately call the school The Phil. Not to be confused with the New York Phil, but um, we are the F-I-L. So thank you, Audrey, for inviting us today. And I'm here today with Richard Tai, our program director. Um, and we'll be speaking to you about a couple of uh, wonderful events that happened this fall. Um, our school is, our heads are spinning, actually, as we come out of last semester. We had such an exciting semester last, the end of 2023. We celebrated five years of our independence as a, a freestanding music school, community music school. And um, we're doing extremely well. We had a wonderful benefit concert in October featuring Matthew Whitaker, who's made a big name for himself, graduated from Juilliard and is traveling all over the world. And he um, graciously came with his band and did a great concert for us at Symphony Space and featured some of our students. Um, but along with that event, we um, also had two Braille music events, which is why we're here tonight. 
we because we don't have the space to hold our huge library collection that's been in storage for the last five years. We started talking uh, probably before COVID. Of course, COVID then put uh, little breaks on a lot of events and a lot of happenings. But we were already in talks with the New York Public Library uh, about housing our Braille music collection, which numbers about 2,500 scores. And finally, we were able to uh, bring this project to fruition, deliver <laughs> lug boxes, carry boxes, and deliver them to the Andrew Haskell Library. Um, Jill Rothstein of the Andrew Haskell Library graciously accepted this um, huge donation, made room for it. It's now being cataloged and um, uh, shelved and cataloged. Um, so that people will have access to this collection. Um, this will be a free, browsable, and accessible collection. It's available to anyone. It's on the second floor. You can go there and um, go through the shelves, take the music out, look through it, see what's there. Um, and it will also be available on our website as part of our collection, which Richard will talk to you about um, the second half of our Braille music initiative this fall. So this collection, we had a, a wonderful opening in November where uh, we celebrated this delivery of the Braille music scores. Um, there was a, a lovely story on ABC Local News about this uh, transfer of Braille music materials. We for a long time, the school has always um, felt very, very strongly about uh, being literate musicians and passing on the idea of music literacy to all of our students. Those who are capable um, having them learn Braille music, this other code of Braille that um, sometimes is neglected. Um, they learn, the, the kids learn literary Braille, they learn um, Mammoth code, but then music is left on the side, on the sidelines. So we feel very strongly that it really uh, puts them on the same playing field with their uh, colleagues in their schools. They can sing in choruses, they can participate in plays, they can play in orchestras because they have access to the music. And also when they go on to higher education, this enables them to uh, have an easier time of it in college. Um, along with this uh, collection of hard copy Braille music, we have we also had another opening this fall and another, um, uh, yeah, I guess a grand opening. And I'll let Richard talk to you about our digital library collection. Thanks, Dahlia, and hello, everyone. So following that um, donation of, of Braille music at the New York Public Library, uh, we followed that two weeks later with uh, the launch of our digital music library on our website uh, on December 1st, 2023. Um, and this contains accessible materials in Braille and large print. Um, currently, we have about 8,000 items in our catalog, and the number is literally growing every month as we catalog more, more files. Um, and it's basically a combination of all the music that we've transcribed for our uh, music school students and external clients uh, over the past 20 years. So you can imagine there's a lot um, 
of music that that is just ready to be shared. Um, you can find anything from beginner piano repertoire uh, to choral voice parts to jazz lead sheets uh, to hymns and, and and a whole lot more. Um, and we wouldn't be able to do this without our small but mighty music transcription team, um, which is really equipped to transcribe individual parts uh, within a music score. So for example, if you're um, learning the violin and you read braille music and you need um, you know, a, a specific violin part in, in an orchestral score transcribed, well, we can do it. Um, Likewise, if you're a soprano singer in a, in a chorus, um, we can isolate the uh, soprano part and we can transcribe that. Um, that's what we do here at FMDG. And um, we do have a Braille music proofreader on our team. Um, so we are able to deliver high quality Braille music transcriptions uh, within a quick, fairly quick turnaround time these days. Um, so how do we do it? Well, uh, we use you know standard notation software such as Finale. Um, we also use uh, music notation software called Lime, and we couple that with uh, Good Feel, which is uh, something that Dancing Dots um, has produced for us. And um, you know we've we're also aware of new developments um, out there in the community and the software world, um, and so we're excited about the Braille support coming to uh, MuseScore, which was recently announced. Um, so like our physical collection at the Andrew Haskell Library, our digital music library is live and you can access it uh, by visiting our website that's www.fmdgmusicschool.org um, and you can also email us if you have any questions. Thank you. I'll just add one thing to that. Um, as the hard copy Braille collection at the Andrew Haskell Library is being cataloged, that catalog will be added to our digital library catalog with a special note that this piece is available as a hard copy at, at that library. So uh, you'll be able to find both collections merged together. That's not done yet. We're working on it. Thank you. Thank you, everyone. Thank you, Dahlia. Thank you, Richard. And we're planning to uh, do an event uh, featuring both of you. We will want to invite you back uh, for a BRLNY sponsored event for a one hour presentation so that people can learn much more. And so today has been a great introduction. Before we move on, I know, Laura, you have something to uh, present. I do. Now. I also I also would like to say I um Outside of, of this work, I, I do some work for the American Printing House for the Blind Connect Center, and I was honored to write a blog on Daniel Gillen, who works at FMDG. So I think the blog is releasing this week, and it also has a little information about FMDG. They started 100 years ago as part of what we all used to know as the Lighthouse. So... No just so people get a little understanding of the history in this um, back in 1913. Um, so I guess that's not a hundred years. My math is wrong, but anyway, um, and I have to tell you, I have turned on the teachers of the visually impaired in California for you guys for Braille music transcription. So when you get stuff from California, it's probably compliments of me. <laughs> thank you. Thank you, Lori. Just to let you know, Daniel Gillen is our superpower. Oh, yes. 
as I, a proofreader, he's extraordinary. He he certainly is. He certainly is. So we have a little award for you guys, and and we also will be sending this to you in a print Braille certificate. Braille Revival League of New York recognizes the Philemon M. D'Agostino Greenberg Music School for their ongoing education of people who are blind or low vision in Braille music education and for their transcription of Braille music, January 4th, 2024. Thank you. Thank you so much. This is a great honor and um, so happy to be part of this team that's encouraging the use of Braille and Braille music. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you, Lori. Thank you, Dahlia and Richard. Now, Myrna Vota, it's your turn. Well, I will unmute. Um, so I'm going to talk to you about some of the things that we as a chapter, as an affiliate, state affiliate, are going to be doing this year. Um, and one of the things that is going to be coming up fairly soon, and we don't have a date yet, but it will probably be in the next um, two months, is we're going to be talking about e-readers. And we're going to be working with people because people have gotten e-readers um, from the NLS program. And a lot of people don't quite know what to do with them. So, or they start and they kind of get stuck. So there, need, there needs to be training. So one of the things that we are going to be doing is that we are going to be having um, training on the e-readers for people to come and you know, learn. And so if you know somewhat, if you know everything, if you don't know anything, um, that's fine. Um, and so that is what we are going to be doing among um, other things that we're very happy that NLS finally has given people um, e-readers um, and that it's pretty much now, I think, um, all the states have um, are getting them. Either you're getting um a humanware um, e-reader or a Zoomax e-reader. And the idea is to be able to download Braille books um, and, you know, from NLS. Um, and apparently I, I know that the humanware ones are doing Bookshare and I think the Zoomax are going to be doing the Bookshare too, that people can do that. Um, and also that it gives people a chance to also use them as a braille display for an iPhone or for a computer. And that's really nice because it levels the play, playing field because lots of people can't afford a braille display and you know would like it and also would like the opportunity to be able to read um, braille books from NLS and Bookshare. So that is one of the things that we are going to be doing. So now I'm going to be turning it over to Audrey. Thanks, Myrna, and I'm turning it over to Chanel. Okay, hello everyone. So after all, hearing all of that wonderfulness that Myrna just shared with us, if you are still going, okay, but how do I get to hear about all of this stuff? How do I get involved? How do I get to participate? Well, we are always, of course, more than happy to welcome you to the chapter of BRLNY. You do not have to be a New York resident to be part of our chapter. Our chapter does all of its meetings um, over Zoom. So you can be from anywhere 
and we will welcome you and gladly have you join us. If you are interested in learning more about the events that we're holding, the membership, the programs, any of it, you are welcome to reach out to us. You can find us at brlnyprez at gmail.com. That is brlnyprez at gmail.com. And like I said, you know, you do not have to be a New Yorker in order to join us. Everyone is welcome. And we look forward to hearing from you guys. So from here, I would like to open the floor for you guys. I want to hear from all of you, any of you, what you guys enjoy today. What would you like to see maybe for next year? So please remember that there are a lot of you. So try to keep your answers as brief as you can. And if you could please raise your hand. And Lucy, if you don't mind, um, maybe calling on some people. You betcha. Thank you. No hands yet. All right. All right, Becky, you can talk. I just want to say today has been, in one word, inspiring. Um, there, I learned so much, heard so much, and feel like this was a great thing to start 2024. Thank you. I'm so Thank glad you. you feel that way. Thank you, Becky. It's Lori. And I would just like to say we are so honored that BRL has taken this worldwide because when we started this two years ago we had 50 people and they thought that was pretty cool so um you know to make it a a whole day event i think next year will be bigger and better and we will certainly be honored to help work on that all right anybody else All right. Vanessa, you can unmute. Okay, can everyone um sorry, can everyone hear me? Yeah. Okay. Um unfortunately because of a medical appointment that I had earlier today, I was not able to join the vast majority of the event, but I did catch about the last I probably from six o'clock, six thirty onward. And what was really cool was that the person was describing the steps for creating the Braille art. Um, I didn't have access very quickly to a slate and stylus, but I was like, oh, I get what she's doing. And before she even said what the final um line was, I'm like, I know what she's gonna say. She's gonna <laughs> say E. And then she's going to say, I, and it, I could, because I have some vision as well. I could visualize in my head. Ah, this is what she's doing. Y'all, that was a blast. That was cool. Um, so since I know Jane Corona here in Maryland, I'm going to have to bug her tomorrow and say, okay, uh, number one, I want to join. And number two, I want the books uh, so I can mess around with the, uh, but and, um, did, did you all record the event so we can come back later and listen to all eight hours? Yes, they are recorded and ACB National will be taking care of the uh, 
podcasting or I guess that's the right word. I don't yeah. even know. <laughs> <laughs> yep, that's right. Okay. I so would I, also like cool. to make sure everyone is aware that when you join a state affiliate, you are automatically joining national as well. So should you oh. choose to participate in joining a membership with, for example, BRLNY, you will also be part of the overhead uh, umbrella national group. Okay. Because I, I, I hate that I missed a lot of the other stuff that I would have been interested in, particularly Mike Tyndall's presentation, because I know him very well. And he's the one who helped me spend bukus of bucks to get some nice Braille note takers so I can blame him for being broke. But, uh, <laughs> but again, you know, the parts of this that I have been able to enjoy have just been wonderful. And I'm like, oh, man, I want to hear the rest of it. So, yeah, I'm going to join so that I'll be able to listen to the whole event at some point down the road. Uh, kudos to all of you. This has just been terrific. I've been reading Braille since I was in kindergarten at the School for the Blind in North Carolina. And um, it's, you know, I use Braille for my personal use. I used it for work. I use it in church. Um, so, you know, God bless Mr. Braille's heart. I hope he's hanging out up in heaven playing an organ somewhere. <laughs> he sure might be. I'd like to throw something in before we, this wasn't planned, but before we go on to another, another uh, question, um, something happened today, which was so cool uh, that, that I uh, was listening to, and I, I didn't catch which affiliate was doing it, but a lot of, you know, we're always encouraged to do library work and, you know, uh, or work work in our kids' schools or our grandkids' schools. And a lot of us do that kind of thing, going to our kids' schools. And that was t t told today. Um, and, you know, and, and again, like the work that, that people, um, that Beth and Scott are doing. So when you're reaching sighted kids, um, but this was, t um, this afternoon, people were talking about going to the library and doing story hour with, uh, with kids. And I'm thinking... What a cool idea that if we could really start to work on this to be a BRL uh, um, kind of a sub event, this has kind of just been kind of percolating in my head, you know, and, and we could, you know, get a challenge going. Um, and Chanel gave me the idea about the challenge. So I, I want to make sure she gets that credit, but the whole idea of, you know, getting us involved to get, Go to more libraries and go to um, read to, to kids who are sighted, and so that and, and do uh, you know plays or do different kinds of things to promote Braille. And you know, not that we're going to have a discussion on this now, but it's it, it was brought out today in the afternoon, and I thought, I bet all of us in our in our towns in our cities could pick this up, and we could do a whole library uh, list and see what libraries we reach. So, thanks, Lucy. Can you see if we have any other hands? We have a couple. Yeah, Mary, go ahead. Hi, my name is Mary Hopp, and I'm from Baton Rouge, Louisiana. And I wanted to say that for so much of this um, whole event, I have not missed a word, but I have been just spellbound. I mean, just glued to my chair until I made myself get up and walk on the treadmill while I listened. But it has it has really, really been great. And um, I just wanted to say in response to what Audrey just said that every summer I go to a public library and have a program for sighted children. And I talk about 
braille and blind people. And um, it's, it's just really a lot of fun. And the staff at that particular library is very good, very supportive. That's great. Thanks, Mary. That's cool. We'll talk some more about that. I'll give you a call. Okay. All right. Diane. Yes, this is the first time I've raised my hand all day, but I was mainly listening on ACB Media 8. Anyway, <laughs> um, I was particularly impressed with the discussion about the rail challenge. And I was just sorry that they didn't have anything like that when I was in school, because I would have been I would have really been anxious to see how I would have come out several years ago. I don't remember where I got it, but I had an exercise from the Braille challenge and I embossed it and tried to work it. And it turned out to be really hard. And I think it was only, it was a graph. It was a, a you know, a test on graphs and charts and they had multiple choice questions about the graph and, I had, uh, I thought I was a reasonably intelligent person and I was a college graduate, but boy, I'll tell you, that gave me fits and I don't know how they would have gotten through it, but I admire anyone who um, takes and does well in the Braille challenge. And this is Lori, if I could just add um, several of our members in New York have scored our local Braille challenge um, events. So they're always looking for people to help out with scoring of the tests um, once the students turn them in. So if you're looking for activities and ways to get information about your local ACB chapter into the hands of parents of students or get to connect with uh, youth and let them know about ACB or your BRL affiliate, um, that is a way to connect. And All right. oh. yeah, I, I, I was also just gonna say that, um, what was I gonna say? Uh, <laughs> it's been a long day, but um, you know, it's been the, the Braille challenge Oh no, I, I I lost it. Sorry. Okay. okay. Go ahead and go ahead and mute me. <laughs> All right. Okay. Next is Teresa. Go ahead, Teresa. Okay. Uh, two things here. First of all, I heard somebody earlier today in one of the sessions, and I don't remember which one, but they were talking about how. Um, you know, sighted kids when they're in the early elementary grades or even the middle school years, you know, it's, it's so unique, so cool that they're learning sign language. But why doesn't anyone show them Braille? You know, what Braille looks like, not just the letters, but maybe maybe even a complete sentence so that they can read it and study it. I did that with um, my uh, one of my son's Cub Scout bins uh, in um and when he was in um, middle school or elementary school, but um, the uh, pack they um the, that particular den they loved it, and I took my braille writer and I took some index cards and I wrote each child's name on an index card and with the alphabet before I 
before I even got there to the um, to the meeting. And I thought it was, you know, I thought it was interesting. And one of the kids, you know, he had some other special needs, but he he really wanted to play on that braille rider, I swear. And another time, though, um, this was way before I met my husband. I was going with somebody, and um, I took a deck of playing cards to play, you know, when we were, when I was at his house. A couple of his friends came over, and I remember the, the wife, she walked across the room. And I wondered what she was doing. And she was looking at my cards. Oh. <laughs> she was looking at my cards. I guess she'd never seen Braille, but, you know, I didn't mind. I said, yeah, um, I brought, my sister brailed those cards years before. Unfortunately, I don't know what happened to them now, but I just know that, um, you know, this person was really fascinated with my playing cards. Oh. I thought you meant she was looking at them in your hand. <laughs> No, 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 no. Oh, she okay, walked across okay. the room. They were, they were sitting on top of okay. something, and you know, she walked over and she said, "I'm just looking at these cards." Okay. <laughs> All right. Next is Denise. I just wanted to say for Vanessa and anyone else who's interested, yes, we are podcasting the entire event all day. Um, once it's edited, it will um, come out. It's going to be in parts because trying to do a podcast for seven hours would be a bit much. So it will be in parts. And um, as soon as we know that it's been edited and ready to go, we will get the word out to, you know, all of the venues that we have that it is out and it is available and how to connect to it. Excuse me, Denise, will it be, will, will this part be included as well? Yes. Oh, good. Thank you. Yes. All right, Penny. Hey, Audrey, it's so nice to talk to you. Hi, this Penny. has been such a wonderful event. I just want to, I'm a member of BRL, but I just want to congratulate everyone who was involved because I listened to every single thing, I think, all day. And uh, it was a wonderful event. I really loved the song. Um, and, and really, I think it was just been fabulous. So uh, learning Braille was the second best decision I ever made about dealing with my blindness. And I didn't do that till I was 50. So uh, the first was to get a guide dog. Uh, so uh, thank you all so much. It was a fabulous day. You did a great job. Everyone did a wonderful job. And Audrey, we need to catch up. Thank you so yes, much. We do, Penny. Thank you. All right, Daniel. Hey, Hi there. Uh, yes, yeah, so I'm, I'm very pleased with the event today, and uh, I've I've attended the other um, uh, BRL NY um, uh, Louis Braille parties the last uh, couple of years, and yes, no, I knew the song pretty well, and I'm glad glad to hear it again this time in its original form with all the the kids at the school. Um, yeah, as far as the other events. Um, of today, and I, I, I was definitely pleased with the uh, the way the braille displays were talked about uh, earlier, and and, and yes, and, and one final thing that yes, I am the uh, the, the uh, from FMDG. You know, I, I've been doing all the proofreading for six years now. It's hard to believe, and I'm very happy to represent the organization and to be sort of the driving force behind the the latest transcriptions uh because basically i mean i i mean i, I make the files 
I do the proofreading and and distribute them to whoever needs them. Thanks, Daniel. Great. Okay, no more hands. Well, it's how are we on time? Does any do any panelists have anything to we say? Have, Lucy, oh, we have a hand. We have nine minutes, uh -huh. and someone else just raised their hand. Oh, oh good, two okay. people. Okay. Um, where are they? <laughs> Hold on. Okay, area code five seven five. Yeah, this is Beth from New Mexico, and I've attended the event all day, and I thought it was very cool. I uh, sure do. And I was also going to ask you, um, does anyone know where you can get print books for sighted children that were li that would like to learn Braille um, when... Uh, or sighted people. When I was growing up, we had one because my mom, uh, my mom did learn Braille with her eyes. But my grandchildren were asking me that the other day. You should teach us Braille, Graham. And I'm like, hmm. Oh yeah. Okay, that's that's an interesting question. It it, it is. I'm thinking NBP used to have, and I would like to write to them and ask them to do it again. Remember, if a lot of you remember the book, Just Enough to Know Here's Better. Down the Hill. Oh, and that was such a cool book because it taught parents and it, it could teach kids too, but the parents were learned when their, when their daughter was learning. And it was such a nice print braille book. But there are some in libraries that, that, um, that you could find, or even if you used print braille, uh, some of the print braille books that, that you could read. Um, Chanel, you uh -huh. have some thoughts on that, I bet. I oh, yeah, don't. I... So I've been I've been teaching my eight year old, and I don't use a traditional like book to teach her. So I have the braille Legos, and so I started by teaching her the alphabet with those, and um, I have built it up to now I will write random words in in braille um, on paper and give her little notes. And we use early reading books. They're much, much too young for her actual uh, visual reading level, but are kind of back to the pre-K early phonics reading. Um, we're using those for, for braille. And those are both cited, uh, you know, print cited and uh, braille. So I can also see what she's doing. And then I also sometimes will braille up the books, have a separate copy that does not have the print to see if she's cheating. <laughs> so, you know, because she can see the print. So sometimes she says she's reading, but is she reading? <laughs> okay, we got six minutes and we do have a couple more hands. Okay. Mary Lee, you can unmute. Hi. <clears throat> I was able to listen to most of the presentations today. They were fantastic. But I did want to say about teaching sighted.
I mean, first of all, you can get alphabet cards from many different agencies and the Braille Legos. But I do think NBB still has that book. But does AFB still have the, I think it was called Braille Bug. And there were games and uh, different things on the website for sighted kids to learn about Braille. Yes, BrailleBug.com. Yeah, BrailleBug.com. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, that so would be a cool I, place. I know they used to, and I used to refer um, sighted people to it. Um, teachers with sighted, you know, students. So I thought that might be another good suggestion. Thanks. That's it. Okay. All right. You got five minutes and one more How hand. More? Do you want to take one it? Or? Let's do one more hand let's, and then we'll wrap up. Yeah. I was going to say, let's get the one hand and then see All if right, our Vicky. panelists have any. Vicki, you can unmute. There you go. Hi, can you hear me now? Yeah. Okay. What I was wondering is there have been so many web there. I was wondering there have been so many web addresses and email addresses. Um, is there any way that they can be listed so that we have them all? Hello. I know we're all I will answer, I'll answer that question. This is Denise. Yes, I'm sure we can do that. Oh, um, good. I don't really. No, I think I'll make you guys. No, I wouldn't do that. <laughs> <laughs> I might ask you about some of yours, but um, I don't. We'll have to figure out how we're going to distribute it, however, because I'm sure that if we send it out to all the lists, there people are going to go, why are you sending this out? We don't really want this information. So um, I well, once I ha we have the list, I'll, I'll send it out to the uh, list and let you know how to get a hold of me if you want, you know, if you want to uh, receive that a copy of the list. Sure, yeah. we can do that. Yeah, because I'm... Oops, sorry. <laughs> Larry did have his hand raised too. I don't know. <laughs> Okay, oh, we're running out of time here. <laughs> let's go. Let's go for it, and then we'll 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 stop. I think. I just wanted to say thank you, New York. I appreciated very much your being the spark that started this huge celebration, and it was your idea that we built upon. And so, thank you so much for offering that idea and for this great closeout. And congratulations to everyone who participated. Thanks, Larry. Thank you. Probably we, we best wrap up, huh? I think so. Two minutes. I guess. Yeah. Lucy, thank you. Thank you, everybody. Thank you, Denise. Thank you, everybody. Thank you to all of our, our BRLNY, everybody, and, and, uh, and our guests. All right. Have a great evening, everybody. Yes. Thanks. Until next Louis Braille. <laughs>